on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. I would say most entrepreneurs are probably a little bit of a gambling kind of guy. I mean, they're <laughs> gambling. You know, some people don't. And and I would say back to like, you know, with my wife, she's not at all. She's not a risk taker. And I would uh, probably say I am a big risk taker. I mean, I will probably yeah. would, I would risk most of everything to achieve <laughs> what I want. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. Cool, brother. All right, guys, gathering the kings, Chaz Wolf. I've got Nathan Lang here. Welcome to the stage, bro. Thanks. Uh, glad to be here. Did I say your last name right? <laughs> Lang, yep. <laughs> as soon as I said it, I was like, yeah. oh, geez, maybe it's Lange or, or Lang, Lange. Nope, Lang is it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, my, my editor will either keep this in and it'll be a good laugh at the beginning or cut it out. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> so, well, good, dude. Thanks for coming. We really appreciate you just be willing to take a few minutes out of your day and, and bless us with your, your knowledge. Tell us what kind of business you have, man. I got a couple different businesses. I got one that does natural stone from granite countertops to landscape supplies, masonry supplies as well as monuments that you see in a cemetery. Wow. Uh, another business I own is going to be insulation. So we do spray foam insulation, fiberglass, and there's also waterproofing foundations. Yeah. And then uh, recently started a, a property management. Uh, we're going to develop some commercial property for a leasing of other contractors and such. So, yeah, I love it. And so I know a little a bit wide of your... range of stuff. Yeah, yeah, but but they're all tied together and and you know from from us talking off air, you know, I know that they've started for different reasons along the way and so I'm curious to hear you talk a little bit more about that, but before we get kind of into the journey and some of the things that you've done along the way and such, but tell us why at this stage like okay, so you just said I'm about to start a third company, property management leasing, but you know what blah blah blah. <clears throat> But you already have multiple businesses that are at the seven figure mark and you're crushing it. And for all intents and purposes, you've made it right. But like, so why, like, why do you continue to push now? I guess part of it, well, the reason we're, we're adding on another section is out of personal need somewhat. We wanted to add a location. I looked and looked and looked, couldn't find one. So, well, it's, it comes down to if I'm looking, other people are looking. So why not, you know, we're in the position to be able to buy some property right on a major highway. Let's build out a building make some property available for other people like me that aren't, you know, need a small building to lease out of there's ready to move from the transition of moving from their house to a offsite property where, where they yeah. can lease that. So that's kind of where that transition went to, to add that section of things. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and this is, you're just like super practical about, you know, that answer as well as just some of the other story that you've given me about your history, just, you know, that made sense. Like I needed it. So other people would, so great. Might as well do it. But like underneath that, underneath the practicality and logic, okay. why would you go through the process of starting a company and offering the cert, like when you don't have to, obviously, is there, is there like, is there like this innate drive for more? Is there like, you know, like you want to get to eight <laughs> figures, you want to become a billionaire? Like, what is it? I don't know. 
Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I got a lot of internal drive to to succeed. I got I got a lot of ideas and vision, and can see a lot of the future and, and growing and and taking people along with me. You know, as as I've gotten bigger in the company and stuff, and and we've grown, it's awesome to see your fellow employees grow with you. Whether it's yeah. a new truck they bought, whether it's a new house they bought, and to see the joy on their faces, and as well as our family grow and the stuff that we're able to do internally with our family and friends compared to where we were, you know, when you're scratching together and working multiple jobs or whatnot. So, yeah. um, and actually I probably work more now than I did with multiple jobs cause I, I have them, but you know, it's, it's the, I don't know. I just see a lot of things that I can accomplish yet. And I'm, I don't feel like I'm anywhere close to done. And, you know, a lot of the drive is, is bringing the people with me, yeah. family, friends, employees, promoting within, and, and structure like that. Yeah, I, I love that mindset. You can have that before you're able to help others, like legitimately in your own businesses, bring your people along. They can buy a new house, new truck, you know, all the things you mentioned. You can have that mindset before, but you're right. Before you actually get to that point in your business where you can provide the opportunity where they can make that type of a money, it's just a thought. It's just a dream. And, and you have to keep your head down and keep growing the business so that it can get big enough to yeah. be able to then offer those, those uh, things to other people. Yep. And so that's the transition, right? Like the warrior to King stage. I know we talked briefly offline about that, but you know, at the King stage, you're, you're thinking about the community. You're thinking about your team. You're thinking about your family, buying your time back, you know, all that fun stuff that seems like the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> yeah. That's why we started all right. Yeah. You start a business and you get going and you're like, all right, I'm going to do this so I, I can set my own hours or I have my own freedoms. And then you realize that you work seven days a week and sun up to sundown and, and that's not there. But, you know, there's just a transition to get there. And hey, it's a long transition depending on how, you know, some people it's quick, some people it's not. You know, I've been at it for a long year, a long time. And, you know, it's just, it is a little bit just recently, which we can cover later on too, about of the, a little bit more freedom within the company too. So, yeah, yeah. hundred percent. Good. I think that's an excellent start. Let's go back. You've got a, you've got a unique story on, on how business came into your life originally. Were you always like this? Was it the way you were raised? Like give us, give us how it started for you. Yeah. I mean, I think I always had the entrepreneurial background. I mean, I remember back when we were in elementary school, I mean, I got a picture of my wall that me and my buddies were in, were in Longville is the turtle race capital of the world. So you'd literally little green turtles and you'd go find them and you'd bring them in a cage and you'd rent them out and you'd make money, you know? Wow. So I have a picture of that renting turtles and I have a picture of, you know, just different things in, in whether it's, you know, a shop class, I could weld together a, a boat trailer for a guy and, and make 50 bucks, you know? So it was, yeah. it was always a, a way to, to better the current situation, whether it was mm -hmm. to be at the good graces with the principal at school, I'd build him a bookshelf. You know, there was always a way to better <laughs> yourself uh, financially awesome. and, and other, other ways. So I guess it's kind of how I've always looked at everything. You know, and I, I go to a project or I go to an event and I, I'm the guy that sits back and looks at like, man, who built all this and what did they charge and how does it work? You know, I'm looking around at the structure and my wife's like, what are you yeah. doing? I'm like, I'm just looking at all the scaffolding set up or whatever it may be and the trucks it took to get here. And that's, right. my mind works like that. I always look at the background stuff and say, somebody did this and how'd they do it? And, you know, yeah. you know that's kind of how I was built. I, and growing up, my dad, you know, our, our granite company, um, we just recently purchased that actually, well, the end of this month will be one year. But I grew up in it. My parents started it, you know, 37 years ago, I believe. And so I worked alongside my parents their whole way. Yeah. Very hardworking, 
kind of went out there. I mean, I remember every day after dinner, we'd go out to have to work in the shop to get a project done. So yeah. growing up in that atmosphere and, and um, just kind of led me on to other things. I would see things in the business that we were hiring a subcontractor for. And I'm like, well, I could be that subcontractor nights and weekends. If the company can hire me to do that project, then I can make more money. And then, yeah. you know, so I just kind of keep diving off into left and right there. And yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting that you had the opportunities to be able to even do that, let alone know or have the skill set to then fulfill those requests. W- would you, you know, knowing, knowing how you were raised, let's just say that, would you, would you change anything about that to be able to better prepare you for business now? Or are you doing anything different with your own family, you know, like to, to prepare them any different? It sounds like you had a pretty good, pretty cool entrepreneurial upbringing. Yeah, I think, you know, I was brought up during the building of the company, which was awesome to see because it, I, I see what it took. You know, you didn't always get to dinner time. You didn't always, you know, granted, I mean, family's everything, but at the same time, you know, if something went wrong or something problem happened in the company, you were there to provide. So you, you had to maybe step away. Um, yeah. And another, you know, close family friends, they were in the same thing. I mean, sometimes you missed a Christmas or, you know what I mean? Like if something broke down or equipment broke down, you had to fix it and you had to move on. So I think that was awesome to see. And then I, I grew up, you know, in every aspect of the company. So I started at the ground, I shoveled, I swept, you know, when I was young, right. I worked my way up. And with my own kids, the same thing, you know, I never, I'm not somebody that's going to push my kid to do this, our business. You know, I, I believe every kid has their own direction and they need to find yeah. that on their own. Yeah. I'm the guy that's going to give them great opportunity if they want it. I'm not going to push them as far as in the business and in what I do. Um, you know, someday, yeah, I'd love to have the kids take over, but if that's not in the cards, you know, it's not there. It's it's not, sure. you know, sure. I'm not going to be hurt about that, but bringing them up. I mean, my son, he uh, followed me along. He would come to work with me nights and weekends. He did some sandblast lettering, you know, on the side is extra money. Again, yeah. my daughter's 11 and she, she's doing filing. She wants a job this summer. So she's going to start <laughs> scanning old files into a computer system. Yeah. You know? So she, you know, teach them the aspect of what money is and why you have it and the good things you can do with money and and yeah. you know it's and you know accomplish something every day you know yeah. it's yeah at the end of the day it's not all about money obviously it's it's you want to have a you feel good about yourself at the end of the day for the task that you accomplished so yeah 100 percent. that makes me think of something that my dad says currently i didn't grow up with my dad unfortunately <clears throat> we met when i was 24 but he has said this many times since i've gotten to know him he would say things like, you know, I just wanted my kids to know a good, honest day's labor. So that way at the end of everything, they could at least know how to work hard to provide a meal and and survive, take care of themselves. And that's in essence what I just heard you say is like, there's, there's opportunity and we'll teach them this. We'll teach them money mastery. We'll teach them how to, you know, organize multiple businesses and all the fun stuff that you and I get to do. But, but the baseline is look, work ethic. Here's what, here's excellence. Here's what, here's what good things look like. Here's good choices. That's what I'm hearing you say from, from like a father's perspective, at least that, those are my dad ears perking up, you know, am, am I catching what yeah. you're saying there? <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, that's the nuts and bolts of it. I mean, you know, through the whole journey of everything, I mean, you need a hard work ethic. I mean, you can't, you can't slough off and, you know, do a, do a nine to two and, and think you'd, 
you know, you're going to get further along. Don't tell me you're not going to have a bad life, but you're not going to, you know, if you want to be the overachiever and you want to go further, you know, it takes that extra work. It takes that above and beyond attitude. And then a hard day's work is what it is. Anywhere you do in life. I mean, if you put a hard, honest day's work and work hard and feel good about that at the end of the day, you're going to succeed. You know, sometimes it takes a little longer, but it is there. Yeah. Yeah. The time frame is, is everything. So we'll get into some of that, but let's talk about a bad decision that, that you've made. Now, granted, I, I want to hear maybe two answers from you. I'm going to, I'm going to ask double work for you today as one of my, as my guests, but you, you bought into a family business and, and was it already seven figures when you bought it or, or not? It was, yes, it was. Okay. So you have yep. the perspective of so the company of, was Go ahead, Sorry. Yep. The company was a seven figure company and we were really based in, in countertops. Let's say the granite countertop industry. Yeah. And in 2008 hit, I mean, our company dropped by by 80, 90%. I mean, our, yep. it, fa- it went way down. We might even do below the seven figure number there for a while. And then we, yeah. we had to build that back up. And I was part of the build back up stage kind of when I took over running the things middle of there. My parents, I mean, my dad was the guy, like I said, he, he's like, well, I can make more money going driving a truck. So he drove truck for us. And I kind of took over the day-to-day stuff and, sure. you know, to make ends meet at the same time, Figured and, out. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> kind of build that, help build that company back up. And then, uh, you know, and, and last year we've seen huge growth growth. I think we grew, you know, 34% last year wow. again. And then we're, we're, you know, hopefully setting ourselves up to do at least that or more projection wise for this year. That's incredible. And then the installation side, yeah, the installation side, I started from the ground up. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I just, I wanted my own house insulated. So I thought I'd buy a spray foam rig. I figured, why not? I can do it. If somebody else does it. I can do it. Right. And then, uh-huh. you know, it was, it was an honest, it was a blessing through the whole first, you know, and we, uh, we built that company up and it was a blessing through the building of the house. I needed the extra money. So yeah. everybody was calling me to do these projects and I, I kept growing it and, you know, we were, were busy. And then I uh, came to a point of almost selling it. And then we ended up finding a few employees and kind of growing. And, and yeah. uh, you know, now I think there's 10 guys on payroll in that company. And, and we have multiple rigs. And the new location is going to be for the spray foam company or, you know, yeah. full installation company. You, you did the thing. You, you, bought, you bought into a thing. You helped build, rebuild the thing. You built your own thing. And so the, the, the question about a bad decision, I was kind of setting you up there for, for multiple angles or maybe multiple answers, is that you've seen different angle, like, okay, multiple seven figures now drops down. Now we're rebuilding, starting something from scratch, literally in all of that, or maybe there's even a couple different bad decisions in there, but what, what bad decisions can you share with the listener right now? They got their pen, they got their paper, they're ready. What shouldn't they do? Or what did you do that they should avoid? Well, you can always use the cliche of there is no bad decisions because you always learn from it, right? That's right. Um, That's right. <laughs> but which, which is very, very true when you, as you look is. back at things. I mean, I've made some decisions and you're like, what the heck? But you learn and you grow through that as well. But I agree. specifically, is, there's two things that come to mind is, is one is very relevant in the last two years is going to be pivot. You know, everybody is set in their way. You have a great plan. You have this rail written down on a nice piece of paper and then COVID hits or yeah, yeah. storm wipes out your inventory or, you know, that type of stuff. It happens every day. I mean, you have bad things happen every day. Yeah. So where do you pivot your company? You're going to change things. It's going to be online. It's going to be, I mean, whoever thought Zoom that we're on right now, right. you know, three, four years ago was going to be the way it is. Right. So that's one thing is, is learn to pivot and keep an open mind. And, you know, the direction that you originally set out in the path you thought you had isn't going to be the one you might. And be open-minded to that. Change is hard, but that's something that it, it happens a lot in, in business. Yeah. Another bad decision that it happens and, and it goes relevant for 
my both companies I, I had currently were running with employees is keeping a bad employee mm-hmm. for too long. Yeah. You know, we all in that mindset, a lot of times of, you know, so that'd be one recommendation to somebody that's growing is you're, you got this guy and you've had him for a long time and, but he's, he's a bad egg and you know, he is, he's got a bad attitude or he's got something he's bringing everybody else down or he's just not doing good work, but yeah. you're like, well, I can't be without him. But at the same time, you know, if a guy's continually doing bad work, you hang on to him. So, I mean, right. there's, there's always a give and take with employees, but you know, you got to keep your head on a swivel with that too. Yeah. What, what could possibly come from that bad decision of hanging on to someone too long? I mean, they can spoil the whole, you know, apple basket. I mean, they, you get, you get a guy with a really bad attitude and he's working amongst every, all the other people that you're working with. They're going to bring them all down. Pretty soon. Everybody yeah. hates their life. Everybody hates their job. Everybody, you know, if you, you, there's guys out there that do that, they, they're angry all the time and you, you don't know why you don't know what it is. And, yeah. and they start Telling everybody else that that works there pretty soon, it, it just trickles down. Or yeah. you get the, the guy that's not doing the best work and you keep doing them or moving them. And no matter where you move them in the position, they continually do the bad work. And not that they're a bad person, they're just not a good fit. They're not, they don't fit sure. your culture, maybe, you know. So you got to, you kind of got to look at that and see what your culture is and do they fit or they don't. Sometimes yeah. you're better off and the attitude, the morale of your company might go up because that person, everybody's like, man, we're all waiting for you to get rid of that guy. We had a guy this winter, one of our um, employees was, you know, he was an angry person and we hung on to him because we're like, we don't have anybody else. We need him on and on and on. And then we right. finally got into a big fight, kind of deal, kind of exploded and he was, he was fired. And afterwards, a half the shop came up and said, man, what took you so long? Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, well, we were thinking the other way, like it's going to give you guys more workload, but right. So, you know, you're, you're in your head as sitting at a desk or an entrepreneur or wherever you're at, yep. you're thinking one direction and sometimes your employees are thinking another. So, you know, yeah. ask them, see where they're sitting, you know, be open and honest with them. So that's so good. It, and it's so real too. I mean, uh, that's probably happened multiple times to you. Uh, it's happened multiple times mm-hmm. to me, that exact example too, of, of how you are just trying to protect the others and the others are actually they'd be willing to step up. They, they want to step up. They're, they're waiting to step up, but, but we've made that decision for them, holding on to this guy or this gal, whatever it is. And that's usually my response as well. It's like, wow, I didn't expect, even though, even though we're both you know, seemingly good guys, seemingly good entrepreneurs, good bosses, if you will, good people to work for, why wouldn't they want to step up? It's like, well, sometimes we just kind of oversee those things, but th- that's so good. Yeah. So don't, so what you're saying, the, 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 the cap here, the point is don't hang on to the guy, just move on because you're probably going to have your other people step up anyway, or you'll get creative and figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times that the work they were doing wasn't up to par. It wasn't up to your standards anyways, and you're having to fix them yeah. or they were just a bad attitude and brought everybody down and everybody's workload, you know, everybody's work went downhill with it so yeah 100 percent. good okay let's flip the coin here and let's talk about a good decision that you've made whether it be with the building of the of the rebrand or the the rebuilding or in the new business and and maybe both i mean the best decision i made is marrying my wife of course now you Uh, know she's not going to be listening give us the real i'm just kidding uh, that's probably what i would have said she might listen later though so Uh, (laughs) no i mean good decisions uh you know another one is that's funny is right back to the employees i mean promote the good ones, you know, bring yeah. them along for the ride, bring them, you know, promote them, get them to help you out, ask their feedback. As, as everybody grows and we take on more, you know, I, I get asked a lot of times when I'm at these different groups and stuff, or, you know, people that are, let's say they are smaller businesses, they're like, so how do you do everything? And I'm like, 
why don't do everything? Yeah. I can't. I mean, I have good people. Um, and I, I believe that, you know, I, we we're setting it all up in order to, you know, let them help achieve. They, they're going to make mistakes too. I'm there for guidance. You can't come down on them for that. I right. mean, they are living and learning the same you are. They're not going to make the same decision you do. Hopefully you're, you're, you can guide them and help them, but you're going to have to step away. You're going to have to run to here and go here uh, or do that. And somebody's going to have to be there to make that decision. So a good decision is, is also the employee side is promoting or, you know, hiring somebody to take the position that you think, you know, that you're in or that you're not yeah. very good at. Yeah. You know, everybody in this role has to decide what they're good and what they're not at. Some owners, I, I know many owners of businesses, they don't even sit, they don't even sit down in the office. They literally are in the field working every day and they hire people to do everything else because they're like, that's not what I'm good at. Yeah. So, but then there's the owners that are good at the business side of it and, you know, they need somebody that's in the production side or the, you know, sure. the warehouse side. So yep. I'd say that's another good decision is, is the people that you bring along with you. I mean, I had a great example, like last fall with my spray phone company and this company, we were, I was working I was stressed out. I was just crazy busy. The insulation, I mean, I was doing 30, 40 hours a week of sales uh, with wow. that. The, the granite company, I couldn't leave because everybody was asking me the questions. And I actually got to a little bit of a point where I would say, I guess I don't, I don't like using the word burnt out, but I mean, I got to the point where there was like a week yeah. there. I was just like, man, what the heck am I doing here? You know, yeah. you, you come to the realization, but you're like, do I have the money to do it? Can I afford it? You know, and, and we sat down with my wife and we were talking of hiring a salesperson. Yep. And, and for this insulation side, we did. And it was an awesome move. Yeah. And right off the bat, within two weeks, I'm like, oh my God, this is an amazing feeling. Like, Why didn't I do it sooner? I get a phone call. <laughs> exactly. You know, and I got a phone call and I can send it to that guy and he calls him back. And I don't have to stress over, you know, three days that I didn't get to back to this customer because it, it bugs me when you don't. Yeah. Uh, and then as well as in the, in the granite company, we promoted a guy to be a general manager to take off some of the day-to-day -day stuff off of mine. Since both businesses are growing and there's more yep. what I needed to do over here in the vision and the steering the company. So he's helping out with that. And both of those aspects of it just changed everything dramatically. So yeah, yeah, that's huge. That's some, the good decisions that I'm hearing you say as a recap here is not only, not only hire, because first off, you got to have a team to, to bring them along, right? So you, you gotta, mm -hmm. you gotta give things away. Even at the level, though, once you have those people and you're giving things away, give more away is what I'm hearing you say. Give, give even more things, which, which, is, which in essence then allows you, what you said is, to do the things that you're best at. And uh, mm -hmm. like the decision to hire the sales guy. It's funny, as you were saying that, I was thinking, oh, man, he was a sales guy. And then, boom, 30 seconds later, you're like, I hired a sales guy. My life changed. I'm like, yes. <laughs> That's incredible because listen, the, the, the guy who's listening right now, the gal who's listening, what you're thinking is, oh, I can't afford it. Or, oh, I'm, I'm scared. I'm terrified to bring on someone else. I got, and now I'm responsible for them too. And if I keep it small, then I don't need to worry about it. And I can just, I can, I'll, I'll take the customers. I'll, 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 I'll take the phone calls. I'll do the job or I'll handle the client fulfillment. But I'm telling you right now that there are other people and to, to the point here that Nathan's making is that they're probably even more qualified than you to do whatever that task yeah. is. So, yeah, I mean, it is, it's, it's, there's people out there that are, are, that are great salespeople. You know, you, you, it's hard to find in the different industries we're involved with, but to, you know, you're not going to hire an expert most of the time, right. but you can train them, you can you totally. know, coach them, you can help them along the way. And a lot of times you, 
the same thing. And that, and that's one recommendation is, you know, obviously I don't know at all. I, I learn as I go here and a lot of this <laughs> stuff is tried and true coming from, you know, my, my failures here too is, I, mean, yeah. I, I know for a fact last fall, I was crippling the insulation company because I couldn't get back to people. I was yeah. losing jobs left and right because I couldn't do it. And yeah. that's when I, that one, like I said, that one week, I just had to come to the realization, like, I can't do all of this. And and at the time, like the company's growing. So we're investing all our money back into it, you know, with, a, with yeah. a new location and buildings and people and rigs and all of this stuff and inventory as we're growing, I need more inventory. So all my money is tied back up into the company. But I'm like, can I can I afford to do this or can I not? And I'm like, you know, like the conversation with my, my wife and I was, well, you know, I wasn't paying myself very much. And, and I'm like, well, I just pay nothing, I guess, and just we'll get this going. And, and you look at the bigger picture. Uh, yeah. Sometimes you have to take a step back to move forward. Yeah. So and that's kind of kind of what I had to do personally, you know. Hundred percent. And the deal, the the deals, the just one fact alone that that guy will close deals that you would not have even gotten will pay for himself. Mm -hmm. Period. Yep. So when you run the numbers on it, it always makes sense, but it doesn't. It doesn't take away from the emotional of like, oh, I'm scared, or do we have the money, or is that the right move? And 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 I know that the guys and gals listening right now are thinking these same things, and so. For you to be able to share these things, even at your level, it makes perfect sense that we know what the right thing to do is, but sometimes in that moment, it's it's still, we just got to grind out that, that type of decision. So let me ask you this, when it comes to decisions, I'm just huge on decisions. And, and obviously, like you said, the cliche piece is that we don't make bad decisions. We just, we have things that we go through that we learn from. Do you have a process or a discipline of any kind? You said you tried it with your wife. Do you have a process that you follow when you try to make big decisions or just any decisions? I would say, I, I mean, I probably just go with my gut majority of the time. Now, as we've gotten a little bit bigger, I do have a team of people that I, I bounce ideas off and I get, sure. you know, their feelings and I get like that. I mean, gr- when I, when I was growing through the business, I'm just like, well, I need this. So I go there and now I'm going here. I go there. I just, I'm all over the boards and that's just how it worked. And it worked. But as you get bigger and you're affecting more people's lives and the and the the risk is a little higher, I do value everybody's opinion more. Ultimately, a lot of times I, I can I can see the end. I just need to know how to get there. So I, I kind of I would say I almost work backwards. You sure. know, like I know we're backed up in this. How do we make that go away? Okay, we need to do this, we need to buy a machine, we need to reorganize this. How, you know, what's the steps to get to the end? You yeah, know, yeah. you know, you need to have a destination if you know you're going to go. Yeah. Uh, and that destination is going to always change, but you don't get in your car and say, Hey, let's go to dinner. And you have no idea you turn right or left, <laughs> you know? So if you know, you want to go to this certain restaurant, what road do I do to take to get there? Right. And that's, you know, same, similar thing. And so I guess that's kind of how I make the decisions. And, you know, I, I always look at the ROI and what's it going to take and how many years is, you know, the payback on big purchases or right. new locations. And, yeah. and some of it is, 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 I would say most entrepreneurs are probably a little bit of a gambling kind of guy. I mean, they're gambling, <laughs> you know, some people don't. And, and I would say back to like, you know, with my wife, she's not at all. She's not a risk taker. And I would uh, probably say I am a, big risk taker. I mean, I will probably yeah. would, I would risk most of everything to achieve what I want. <laughs> so it's, it's really, it's kind of you good, and you me know, both. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, so that part of it, and so I guess that's kind of it. You've got to find the end goal yeah. and what's it going to take and work backwards. And, 
and, and simply write it on a piece of paper. I found more effective in the last two months is write it down. Yeah. You know, it's always up in my head and it's always going, but you know, write it down. This is what we want to accomplish and just start making notes and, and, uh, and growing from that. And, and the more you grow with the, the, the journey and the more people you meet and the more experiences you have, yeah. you know, a decision you made when you were, let's say, just starting out nowadays, like whether you need a tool or a saw or whatever, you're like, man, I don't know if I want to go spend a thousand dollars. I mean, that still crosses my sign the mind sometimes, but now, now it's not that now they're bigger decisions, but right. it's ultimately the same thing. You're like, yeah. you want to, you want to achieve, you know, whether it's financial freedom or freedom of your time or whatever may be the goal. And you know, how do I get there? Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love the description that you've given, which is first the identification of where you're going. I think that's huge. And so as I kind of recap all this for the, <clears throat> for the listener, you have to identify first what you want. And maybe even why you want it, right? Like, okay, so like you said, maybe it's financial freedom, maybe it's more revenue, maybe it's more money, maybe it's a bigger team. Like, why? Where are we going and why? And to your to your dinner example, it's like, well, we're going to go to dinner at Eddie V's here in KC. And it's because they've got some amazing steak. Known for seafood, but man, bro, that steak. Yeah. The point is, is that we know. And so then that, that, that then fuels all of my decisions along the way, the turns, the amount of gas I'm going to need, maybe the type of dress that we wear, like all of those things. And so I think that what Nathan has given to you is probably a clearer roadmap than he even realizes, which is if you can identify what you want and then potentially even why, literally as it comes across your desk, then all you have to do is compare whatever it is that you're deciding on to what you want. Does it help you get it? Great. Do it. Don't hesitate. Make the decision. Do it. Whether it costs money, whether it's time, whether it's scary, whether you want to hesitate, it doesn't matter. If it helps you get what you want, boom, you make the decision. You do it. If it doesn't help you get what you've already identified that you want, you don't do it. Why are you doing it? You yep. run the other way as fast as possible. Not because it's a bad thing, whatever it might be, but it's not going to help you get what you have already identified what you want. I love what you said, write it down too. That's a, that's an old hack that you can get from many books, something that I've done myself for many, many years. You write it down and I'll tell you what, Nathan's right. That stuff starts like popping up. Like, wow, that happened. I wrote that down years ago. Holy moly. <laughs> right. You know, the vision thing of it, it's a, it's a big thing. Um, I do believe big in that. I mean, I, so this piece of property we just bought, I drove by that piece of property for two years and I'd send a picture to my wife and I'm like, ah, oh, this would be a cool piece of property someday. And we could buy, we could build, we could do whatever we, you know, like it would just be a cool location for another landscape yard. And I didn't even own the company at the time uh, right. or it'd be an awesome location for my spray foam company, you know? And then we went looking for property. I mean, I was looking to lease and I looked everywhere. I looked at all these buildings. I looked at everything and nothing came out. Yeah. And I bet I called this guy who owned the property. All he had was a little sign in the corner for a sale. It was there for six, seven years. <laughs> Even in this economy, it was just, it still sat there. And I finally got him on the phone. I bet after 15 calls, I yeah. just wanted to know what he wanted for it. For, for a year and a half, I called the guy. Wow. Leave message, you know. That's and, why it was still uh, on the market. <laughs> right? And uh, I mean, honestly, when it all came down, I'm like, really? That's That's what you want? Like, it's nine acres on a main highway? Is that like? It wasn't even near what I thought he was going to tell me. Right. And then it all, the you know, it aligned out and we were able to make it work. But, you know, I, you know, you can say it's your vision. You can say it's, you know, you, you work hard towards that goal, but it's kind of like buying a new car. I mean, when, once you buy a white car, you see all sorts of white cars or Ford Explorers, right. you, see all Ford Explorers. you know, right. that's right. what's in your mind at the time. And that's what you're driving towards. 
Yeah. So I, love I guess it. it's kind of a the formula there too. So yeah, put it in the mind's eye, like you just said. That's that's it's so good. I hope that uh, you're taking notes on this. I've kind of lingered on this moment for a moment or on this point for a moment, so that you can take these notes because I think it's just so important. If I could nail down, I don't know, the top five things ever that's made me, you know, a ton of freaking money. And this would be one of them for sure. So I'm, I'm totally in alignment with you. So, okay, let's, let's, let's hop over to the speed round, change the, uh, change the pace here a little bit for the, uh, for the listener. We're going to go one word answers, but I'm, I'm like known to like dig in and ask follow-up questions. So don't, don't hesitate <laughs> to give me more, especially if I ask for it. Speed round question number one is you obviously have two large businesses and you've got, you're starting a third and you have all these important things that I'm sure you pay attention to, but if you could only track one metric, in all of your businesses forever, what would it be? Profit. And is that profit on every job? Is that profit at the end of the year? Is that profit? No, profit quarterly, let's say, if you want to track it that way. It goes right down to, like you just said, with every job. No, you don't make money on every job. I would say another one would be that goes along with this would be customer satisfaction. I will be, I'm the kind of guy that would go, I will lose money to make a customer happy. Sure. I've done it. I actually just had a meeting with my insulators this morning. Um, and I told, you know, one of the big things that we tell them is we clean the job sites, like every one of them. I clean the carpenter's mess, the electrician's mess, the homeowner's mess. When they, when they leave that job, that homeowner, that spotless, that costs me money, yep. but ultimately the customer's happy. They walk in there, they're happy. They're wild. Granted. Yes. I mean, if they're not, if they, if, if the project didn't go good, you know, I do everything I can. I'll be there tomorrow if I can. Sure. Uh, we've sold steps and products before at a loss just because we made the mistake and you can't make a habit of that. But in the big right. picture of thing, the customer satisfaction and happy happiness and helping, you know, helping them, you know, reach their goal, your customer's goal yeah. is more important in that instead of watching dollars and cents on every single job, yep. you got to watch your profit. Profit's not a bad word. People like to, you know, people will be like, Oh my God, you're making so much money on this and that. Well, in turn, most businesses, you're not, I mean, the profit margins are low and, Yes, you're making a living, you're making money, and most companies put it back in, but the profit is, yeah. has to be there. Yeah. And, and even like last year with all these price increases and supply chains and all of this, you have to watch it hard. Yep. We raised our prices, I think, four to five times last year, you know, just to, because all of the different market shifts and what we had to do, and we had to buy product at a higher price in order to get it. Right. We had it, you know, yep. so yep. Uh, you got to keep track of that because if you don't have it, you're going you're gonna to fail. Yeah, you you'll go the opposite direction and, and fast. Person. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. Yep. So, so what he said there, just to, just to make sure that you're paying along here, paying attention is you got to make money, but I loved how intimately he linked customer satisfaction with profit, because if you have happy customers, it doesn't mean that you go looking for ways to lose money <laughs> to make your people happy, but <laughs> no. if they're happy, you're making money most likely. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to tell their friend they're happy. Yeah. So that it, it just trickles down on all of that. I mean, it's customer satisfaction. You're got to be one of your your main things. One of your main goals in businesses is to achieve what the customers, you know, trying to achieve. Help them achieve their goal. Help them achieve their dream of what you're looking for. You know, I always another thing I always tell my all my guys here. I'm like, you know, we're not just doing a granite countertop. I mean, we're building a granite countertop for our customer that saved their whole life and all she wanted was a nice kitchen. Okay, this could be a second home in our area that this is a cabin and they've dreamt their whole life that they want a cabin on the lake and they finally have it and we get to help them put steps to the lake. This was their dream. They've had their vision for years. 
yep. we help them with that, you know, and, and on the insulation companies, the same thing. I mean, it, it, it's kind of, you can, you can say whatever you want, but I just tell them the guys like we're insulating their house for, for multiple reasons, but you know, that one bedroom upstairs in the corner, that's going to be their baby's room. Yeah. Do you want it drafty and cold and moldy because you got condensation issues? Or do you want to say when you're all said and done at the end of the day that, that you help that whole customer yeah. achieve a very well-balanced, healthy home so that you can continue on and be happy and, and hold your head high about that and have the customer be happy for the next 30 to 50 years until somebody else remodels it. Yeah. Yeah. So big. Yeah. Giving, giving even your, your crew a reason to press in all that's so good. I mean, we, we could, we could do a whole show just on that. Even if we just had <laughs> just that one piece, you would have provided yeah. already so much value. Nevertheless, the next question is this, what book <laughs> would you recommend that a six figure owner read that wants to get to the seven figure mark? I have two. <laughs> Perfect. Double. Uh, profit first. Yes. Profit first. Most ties with my profit. Yep. It's a very good book on, on how to basically spend within your means. It's kind of funny. I mean, it goes not to go into deep with it, but it basically, I mean, if you have $5, you'll figure out how to spend $5. If you have a hundred, you spend the hundred, but if you have 50 and that's all you have, you're going to only spend the 50. So it's a very good way to, to structure that. Otherwise I do believe it, it's, it's, easy to look at your bank account and say, well, I got some money. I'm going to go buy this or buy that, you know, and this kind of helps you structure that. And it, I think that's a good book. Yep. And another one's an old one is the Think and grow rich. It goes back to your vision of, of what you're going to, you know, you know, basically it's in the wording, think and grow rich. It, it's yep. your vision of where you're going to go and what you're going to accomplish. Yep. I can attest to both of those books. I think you're right. Paying yourself first is basically the principle and making sure that the excess comes after. And, and then of course, thinking about Rich, that's an annual read. Must, must, must read that mm -hmm. book regularly. Very good. Okay. So next question. Do you, do you intentionally mastermind or network with other entrepreneurs? Yes. More, probably the more so in the last two years, I've seen the value of this versus in prior years, been a lot of different industries. So it does make it a little bit harder as far sure. as what industries, but I did like this year, I had three trade shows I attended, you know, one for insulation, one for countertops and one for monuments. Um, right. And also on that, I mean, you, you know, you can, it's, it's one thing to go to these things and you spend the money and you say, okay, the company's going to spend this much money. We're going to go to this event to try to network. Right. It's the next thing to actually network. Everybody can go walk a show floor. Yep. Right. Introduce yourself, meet somebody. It's very hard. And it was harder for me. It's a lot easier now. I'm a talker, so I can talk my way into something. Sure. Uh, excuse me. And, but it's very hard. I remember the first convention I went to, I mean, when we're all sitting that we walked the convention floor, we went back to our hotel and that was it. Like we sat there and then we went to dinner with no one. And then I'm like, this isn't, you know, then I'm like, no, I'm going to this cocktail hour and I'm uh -huh. going to have a beer with these guys and I'm going to meet some people, you know? And, and now, I mean, this on the one industry, now I sit on the board for the, for the monument industry and I'm a VP on the board it's all volunteer for our organization and sure. and yep. i mean it's just an awesome and now you're in that you're higher level networking you know yep and all of that the conventions the the any networking whether it comes down to your local chamber you know if you don't have any money or if you're just starting out your local chamber your local events your every yep. town has an event of some sort start going to them all yep you know another one is i am actually on the the i'm the chief of the local fire department as well Wow. And I mean, that's, you get some great opportunity to network with your fellow firemen that are all in the industry. Granted, I know them all, but now yep. we see each other twice a month, <laughs> you know, hey. <laughs> so, but, but all of that stuff is all networking. It, it yeah. doesn't necessarily like the set structure 
a yeah. mastermind or, or something like that, but it's all the networking part of it. But then I also do, like I said, in the last two years, I've done more of the mastermind stuff. I have joined a few different groups, kind of like the one that you host, where, you know, if you want to level up, I do believe you need that. You know, there's other people that have been through all of this, whether you're a six figure, seven figure, eight figure, nine figure, wherever you're going to go in life. Yeah. If you're somebody who wants, you know, I'm starting out and I'm a five figure and want to go to six. We'll start talking to six figure and figure out how to do it. We'll start talking to seven figure owners and start, how did they do it? What are the, tra- where are you buying your product? What are you doing? How are you handling employees? Where are you finding them? These are all things that everybody will talk about. The, the cliche of their competitor, even like the, the more I've learned the competitors out there. Yeah. You always have a competitor, but sure. I just went to a convention and sat with one of my biggest competitors and we sat there over beers and bullshitted and talked about all sorts of stuff, Yep. you know, Yep. and they're not really competitors. Everybody's there in the industry that wants to see everybody succeed. Yeah. You know, you always have your secrets that you're like, man, I don't like that guy. But at the end of the day, we all, you know, everybody wants to succeed. So, and you know, it just depends on the level you're at, I guess, you know, to start with it's, it's a local group, smaller stuff. And then, but the faster you want to grow, you need to talk to the higher level people. Yeah. I mean, I've learned a ton in a few masterminds and, and phone calls and, and stuff like that, that it, totally. it, it catapults you to the next level faster than you can get there on your own. Oh, hundred percent. And most, to your point, most people, at least clients of mine, one, one decision instantly makes the whole thing, quote unquote, worth it, right? One connection, one, one, I didn't do that. And instead I did this because I met so-and-so or whatever it, it, it can, you don't know what you don't know and you don't know who you don't know. So I love how you said that. Cause me being an introvert, I'm the same way as you described going to your first, in, your first conference there, man, like getting out and like purposefully talking, like that's a choice. That's a choice, especially for someone like me, who's an introvert by nature. And it's just like, man, I, I, I need to shake hands and it's not easy and I have to choose to do it. But the value that's come, not only to my businesses, but to me personally, I have grown as an individual because mm-hmm. of hands that I've shaken guys like you. Like that's how we met. I reached out. I can't remember if was, you reached yeah. out to me or I reached out to you, but we reached out. Yeah. We, it, it, that's just how we, that's how high performers connect is you reach out. You don't care what other people think and you just meet people. That's just, that's just how things happen. And it's crazy. You meet, like I said, I sit on that board. We meet quarterly and I see him more than my family half the time, you know, my extended family. And I mean, they're good friends. You can pick up the phone. Hey, what are you doing? You're you're sending goofy texts between people. It, it's more of a right. friendship and it grows. And, totally. and the business side is, is the easy side at that point. Yep, exactly. I love that perspective. Okay, last question. And, and sometimes it's the heaviest. I leave it to the end. If you lost it all, what would you do, Nathan? What would you do? I would... I mean, I, I'd probably end up starting another business of some sort and I'd, whether it's, I mean, I don't know. I just kind of my mentality. I always see something that I think to do. And I mean, yeah. I would probably fire off another direction. I mean, and you, you work hard and you get through it and you know, you, you cut back on the things you need and you make it through it, you know, and grow it from there. Yep. I don't know. I just always, you know, a lot of people say when they're growing up and stuff, uh, you know, not everybody knows what they were doing. I feel like I was fairly fortunate. I, I did kind of know what I wanted to do. I mean, I, I kind of felt like, you know, growing up in the granite business, I'm like, I know that that's probably, I mean, not probably, but that's like what I wanted to do. No one forced me to do any of this. Sure. The spray foam kind of fell on my lap, but I mean, it was, it's a great adventure and I love seeing it grow. And I love the people that are, that we work with every day and the, and the products we do. Yeah. Um, so I would probably end up starting another, another business and, yeah. you know, and it, some people say my businesses are all over the place too, but they're actually kind of linear. You know, there is kind of a ladder effect with them all. I mean, we go from waterproofing somebody's foundation, 
you know, to insulating their home. So now we can do their granite countertops, we can do their landscape supplies, their masonry supplies, you know, yeah. and then, I mean, yeah. if you want to get darker, it's the, the monument side. But, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, so there's kind of a, a linear progression there. Are you saying you have them covered from the beginning that. to the end? <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. We got them covered from their home build to the end there. So. Uh, that's too much. put that on the trailers we got you covered from the beginning to the end that's right hey i only asked for one percent okay i learned a long time ago you don't i don't need the whole pie i'll sell it to you for only one percent right nathan dude this has been incredible your story I, I love the perspective of buying into a family business a big family business and then having to rebuild it obviously there's family dynamics that i'm sure that went into that having something else on the side that's grown into an actual company i mean your side project ha- employs more people than, you know, 80% of the, the, the businesses out there that are solopreneurs, you know? So mm-hmm. like, you're obviously a, a killer. You're obviously a high performer. So like, congratulations, number one, but just thank you. Thank yeah. you for coming. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Anytime. If, if somebody resonated with just everything you've got going on, they want to connect with you. Maybe they want to come work for you. I don't know. How would they, how would they find you? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm always willing to help with anything. I learned a long time ago that, you know, you got to give to receive so I'm always willing to help anybody's questions. Anybody's, I don't have them all. I'm a long ways from knowing everything, but you can connect with me on Facebook. You know, it's, it's Nathan Lang. You know, I've got my, my Facebook for my Northland Spray Foam Company, my Northland Monument Company, but personally it's Nathan Lang, or you can, you know, you can contact me through my websites of northlandsprayfoam.com or northlandmonument.com. My Instagram is Chief Mutton. So you can kind of, any, any way you want there. So. We've got, we've got lots of ways to connect you. Nathan Lang, that's L-A-N-G-E. If you didn't, it depend upon if my editor cut out the beginning where I, I potentially bought his his last name, but, but I didn't though. I said it right. (laughs) No, you hit her on the target. (laughs) That's awesome, brother. Well, Hey, I so appreciate you. I know the listener does as well. You gave way more than we bargained for. So thank you again. And best of luck to everything you have going on. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries and now interviewing literally over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings literally exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together 1,000 kings, specifically who are grateful but not done. We're intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business, family, and communities. And here's what we believe, that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas, that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy. So if that relates and, and resonates with you, and you know that you need people around you, sharp, qualified, other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.